things about ayahuasca, even in distinction or in contrast with other psychoactive plants. For example, uh, it's essentially grain soup. There's nothing in it which doesn't occur naturally in human neural metabolism. If, if you, when you take ayahuasca, you alter the ratios tremendously and the concentrations. But, you know, masculine, as far as we know, salviadivinorum, epogene, these things don't occur ordinarily in human metabolism. Masculine might under certain conditions. But the, the major psychedelic neurotransmitters are what are represented in ayahuasca. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another installment of Illuminati Confirmed. I am one of three humble hosts here, and we got our guest in the waiting room. We've been making him wait far long enough. Let's get him in here. While we're having him load in, we've got one man on the mic. Juan Ayala. Juan, introduce yourself, brother. From the Juan on Juan podcast. Catch me anywhere on social media at the Juan on podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm the second professional here because Chris doesn't even have an interface or anything. So oh my shots, God. shots fired right off the bat, right out of the gates. Chris, Chris, tell us who you are, motherfucker. Well, you know what it is. This is Chris Tiffer, the Pope. You know what I'm saying? Black Jesus, a.k.a. White Chocolate, a.k.a. I'm <laughs> the best friend, a.k.a. Offensive. I could keep going and shit, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, just Mensa Podcast, you know what it is. Illuminati confirmed. Right and on. Let's get it. We have the first invisible guest ever. Yeah, our guest is here. Our guest is coming to the mic. Our guest doesn't realize that we're already recording, and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Andre, what's going on, brother? You just put the headphones on. 
We are not live yet, but we are recording, and you are here on Illuminati Confirmed. Everything you say can and will be used for humorous and satirical purposes. So just keep that in mind. But while you're thinking that over, can you introduce yourself for the audience who hasn't heard of you before? Yeah. Yeah. My name is Andre Mitty. I am the host of Ascension of the Chessmen podcast. Yeah. Been doing it for about a year now, coming up on a hundred episodes here in a couple of weeks. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. Just happy to be here, man. Had a long day at work, but I'm going to do my best to be a good conversationalist tonight. And yeah, man. Um, so thankful for the opportunity and just great to meet new people every time. Chris, Christopher, so nice to meet you. You're a new face. We call so. him Pope Chris around here. Okay, Pope Chris, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and and dude, it's it's a pleasure to have you here. No pressure at all. Chill out, unwind. Yeah. This is a fun, relaxed show. And since we already have sort of a confirmation that you're not in the Illuminati, maybe today we can discuss. Uh, a little bit about what brought you into the podcasting world, but then also, I don't know, what do you guys think, Juan, Chris, what do you guys think? Should we, should we have, uh, should we ask Andre to help us sort of nail down who the Illuminati is? I mean, it's been seven episodes and we, I don't know if we've even touched it yet. We've only talked about mm -hmm. Nick Cage. Yeah, we don't have a list. We need a list. We need a list. I have a whiteboard. We'll put the whiteboard up behind me. And every episode yeah. will just cross another off the list. Yeah. But we need Andre here <laughs> because Andre's seen the other side. Andre's opened up to other realms, hidden dimensions. Yes. You know, that's something I've went back and forth on it, man. Um, is there evil in this world? 100%. Does it exist? 100%. You know, it, it, is it the Jesuits? Is it the Freemasons? Is it, you know, you can keep pointing the finger on and on. And I think we can all agree that there is a they that exists. And I think they're all moving parts of the same machine in the grand scheme of it. You know, you could say all these secret societies are all actively involved in, you know, keeping this society as it is and moving as it is in the way it's going. But, you know, is every single participant, every single one of those secret societies aware of what they're doing and to what level? Like, that's, that's the question I get into of like, you know, because it's at the, at the base of it all, I, I think it's all just a bunch of pyramid schemes, you know, it's like, you know, you, have you ever been offered like a pyramid scheme where, you know, your buddy's like, hey, you just got to pay 30 bucks or whatever to join and you'll get rich super quick, I promise. But the fact you have to pay to join, it's like, come on. Dude, I, I, told you something. I actually have a couple friends that have made fucking boatloads of money off goddamn pyramid. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> i'm not doubting it at all people are global man dude just want do you guys ever remember the the berry drink like acai berry and they've been yeah. selling it as a drink and they were making other people underneath them buy a case and now people underneath them buy a case and da, 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 da. yep wow you're telling me you're telling me that i could have got pyramid scammed with acai i got pyramid schemed with this shitty energy workout drink and for like three years of my life 
there was like four cases of this junk underneath my bed because I couldn't. I bought like five cases of it from my friend, drank yeah. one case, got sick of it, and the other four stayed underneath my bed. And I remember he was hustling me like, yeah, dude, all my friends from the Bronx, they all make so much money on this. You know, this is high school. I was like, oh, shit, dude, we could be entrepreneurs. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, they make it sound great, like going in. And you guys ever get those DMs from, you know, you want to join the Illuminati? Like, let me take you through all the rituals. You just got to pay this sum about. Like, it's literally a pyramid scheme scheme. Do it. Like, I think, I think, I'm, think we should do it. We should try it. Yeah, I, we might as well. Yeah. I think I'm doing something right because I stopped getting those messages somewhere around the episode <laughs> 70 of the podcast. I think they're, I'm off their radar. They're like, this guy has to already be in it. He's had <laughs> so many big podcasts. Yeah, I'm a pro podcaster right. now. Andre knows he's a pro podcaster. Juan, Chris, they're pro podcasters. This is this is a pro podcast right now. I mean, we, we ought to tee off. I'm so pro about this, dude. <laughs> Anyways. Please. I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're already in. Well, dare you, boy. And and all of you, a bitch. all of you, all of you pro, pro podcasters probably recognize the the lead that I gave Andre before when I said uh, the hidden realms thing. Maybe a little backstory should should lighten things up and uh, give you guys some in on who Andre Mitty really is. I like to call him Andre Mighty because he has a I mighty like too. He has a mighty Andre presence. But yeah, I need to change it, boys. But who's he the who's the chess man? I see the chess man. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah, on the checkerboard? What, yeah, what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Andre has actually had a very interesting path in life before the podcast kicked off. What degree are you, Andre? I see you got the checkerboard there above the <laughs> what degree I, I, I've never joined brother and I never will bro <laughs> and paying my dues I do my own study <laughs> dude Andre's in the fraternity of frop bro he's like me and Ivan staying we just get high off hell the Bob, frop yeah. bro yeah, hell Bob read all hell the books <laughs> hell yeah but no I'm I'm referring to Andre's ayahuasca experiences yeah. which I think are are profound and I can't say I've I've ever experienced that. I don't think Juan or Chris, I don't think you guys have either, right? So this is a rare opportunity, guys. We're talking to a gentleman who's, you know, pierced the veil. Andre, do you want to give us a little backstory? Yeah. Yeah. I, I And I wanted to say earlier too, like, I think it is an initiation into a secret society, if you will, if you've ever done plant medicine or a psychedelic in the right set and setting and you have that breakthrough experience to realize we all are of one source and you know we are all of one being you know we're just pieces of that reflected out and you know to have that come through and your direct experience it, it changes the way you look at the world you know and at this time man like when i first got into psychedelics i was just getting into conspiracies too and you know diving deep and just really saw no way out like my way out was still going to church like that was my form of spirituality i stuck it out through that rather than going the atheist or agnostic route that was like my interpretation of what spirituality was was in a church so i went to this pentecostal church you know growing up in catholic school and it was a big contrast got forced into Catholic school, wanted to leave that, you know, finding out about all the massive pedophilia going on, 
And my pastor at this Pentecostal church had told me this story about how he became a pastor. And he said he was living in this trap house in Michigan, just at a really rough patch in life. And he was on an acid trip and this chessboard flew off the table. And there was one piece left standing on the chessboard on the floor and it was a white king. So he saw this as like a divine calling to, you know, do something higher in life, like find a purpose that was, you know, on the path with God, if you will. And uh, so we went to Bible college after that and became a pastor. And, you know, I was asking him, you know, having private Bible studies, like asking about giants in the Bible. We were talking a little and he was open to having these conversations, which I couldn't ask these questions in Catholic school, man. Like, you know, I, I had a full on debate with my music theory teacher in high school about if 9-11 was a controlled demolition or not. And like the whole class was spectating on it. <laughs> it was uh, pretty phenomenal, but I would say we lost because everyone was against us. My teacher wrote a three page essay to prepare for this. Like <laughs> he really wanted to prove us wrong, you know, long story short. So I went on to have a breakthrough experience on LSD myself, which really opened me up to, you know, these revelations and, you know, seeing this massive grid just covering the whole skyline of sacred geometry and just the beauty <laughs> all around us at all times, you know, in that present moment, if you can just surrender to it once in a while and take it in. And, you know, just shut your mind off to everything going on in the world that's wrong with the world and all that bullshit, man. Like, believe me, I see it, but I still find that time to do it. And once I had that breakthrough experience, it, it made me see these psychedelics in a whole new light. And it made me realize like these things are, are true medicines and uh, they should be treated as such and held in those containers and, you know, prepared for in, in an adequate way and, you know, coming to them with respect at the end of the day, I would say. And that's what ayahuasca taught me. Um, you know, it, it started, it started with cannabis originally, which really got me to, you know, start to question things. And, you know, once I learned about all the potential cannabis ad and how they made it illegal in the first place, it was like, what other plant medicines are out there? And so, you know, watching Graham Hancock, the war on consciousness, his TED talk he gave, which ended up getting banned, talking about how ayahuasca changed his life and made him reassess so many aspects of his life. So my girlfriend at the time, she, she had told me one day, she's like, I'm going to go do ayahuasca. And I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, are you going down to the Amazon? Like, how are you paying for this? Like, what do you mean? And uh, she's like, oh, I found this place in Orlando, Florida uh, called Soul Quest, hey. Church of Mother Earth. And yeah, so she was serious about it. And she went down a couple weeks later and uh, she came back, like just had a new glow about her, man. Like there's just something massively different. And, you know, she was really struggling with a prescription Adderall for probably 10 years. That was really taking a toll on her combined with, you know, abuse of alcohol. And, you know, so she was trying to get over these addictions and a lot, ayahuasca allowed her to do that. And, uh, you know, to see someone so close to me have, uh, this massive change take part in their life like that. So suddenly just based on having this experience, it, 
it really opened my eyes. Like, you know, I'd, I'd seen documentaries about it and, you know, but to experience it directly with someone close to you. And then, so she, she had the idea, you know, we, we were on pretty rough terms as well at that time. And we had decided that she was going to gift me uh, paying for half the retreat to do a conscious uncoupling, we called it, of like separating in a way where we could be, you know, not at each other's throats and like hate each other, but just, you know, want, want what's best for each other and, you know, wish each other well. And so I was having my reservations about this, like going down with my girlfriend, like right before we break up, like, I don't know about this. You know, we had lived together for many years. Like there's a lot weighing on it. And oh, I don't even like getting drunk with my goddamn girlfriend. You must be crazy out your goddamn mind, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Are we all? <laughs> Dude, but yeah, so where was I? So so she she had the courage to go down the first time and she talked me into going. I had a tooth pulled the week before I went. So I, I had that weighing on me too. Like, oh, fuck, if this comes up in the experience, like that's going to be rough as hell. Like on top of everything else I'm carrying into this experience. And, uh, you know, you got to do a dieta a month before where you have to go plant-based and, you know, restrain from sex like a week before, you know, be conscious of what you're taking in, like information wise, what you're listening to, what kind of music you're listening to, all that shit. Um, just taking in, you know, stuff that's going to keep you in a better space for the experience, you know, probably shutting off the news if you haven't already. And, you know, even alternative media just for the, that time period, kind of doing isolation from all distractions to really get yourself centered and ready to go in the experience. So, you know, I did a lot of that preparation and the first night down there, they gave me rape, which is the sacred tobacco snuff that they shoot up your nose. And man, it felt like a shotgun show the back of the brain. Like it was intense as fuck. And I'm like, damn, this isn't even like psychoactive, but it really like opened me up to start the weekend. Like we had got down there a night early and yeah, everyone just started showing up. Like you go through physical, basically, they just kind of check you over, go through your medical history, make sure, you know, you're not on any, on any medications that'll fuck with the medicine. And, um, so I went through that, you know, my nerves are just racing, you know, like going into the experience, like it, it's natural to, you know, have nerves before ceremony, but yeah, I mean, it was just a whole different experience than I had ever experienced. And although it was in the United States, I mean, there was still a shaman present, you know, it was ceremonial and they put a lot into this experience and they had integration coaches on staff and tons of volunteers easily recognizable that are fucking angels. At least it feels like it while you're on the experience and you know, they're, they're there to help you in any way they can. And uh, you know, it's just beautiful to see, see them being of service to you when you're most vulnerable like that. Yeah, man, my, the first night when the medicine started to kick in, there was, there was this Ukrainian guy named Andre there and he was the only other Andre there and he's, he's having a really rough time. Like he's resistant and uh, you know, for anybody that's taken a psychedelic, you know, if <laughs> you're, you're in a state of resistance, like you're going to have a super rough time. And so he was having trouble letting go 
And he's, he, he just started screaming out and all these different languages. Like I thought this dude was possessed and all these other languages. I don't know, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause that would make sense if you just dream in Spanish, but you also speak Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been uh, Ukrainian. Because <laughs> if he was going into like fucking Aramaic or some shit, bro, you'd be yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was in a different state what of life fuck? <laughs> at this point. So it's like, but yeah, so I, I'm thinking this dude's getting possessed. And like, you know, the main focus is to like stay on your mat and, you know, put on your blindfold. And, you know, keep your earplugs in because the whole point of the experience is to stay within yourself because you're on your own journey. You know, you don't want to distract others. You don't want others distracting you because that that can take you to a place that you don't want to go or can distract you from where you're meant to go, what have you. And uh, so that that got me on a rough badge initially, like that set in the stage because this guy was like 10 feet from me and, you know, I, I had the choice to get away from him, but I was, I was more curious, like what's going on here? Like, you know, I should ride this out, like make sure everything's safe. Like, are we good here? Like, <laughs> you know, there's all these things flashing through, man. I, it's hard, it's hard to like bring it into <laughs> this state of talking about it because it's, it's something that's indescribable. I mean, there's aspects of it where I was being buried as a pharaoh in Egypt. There was aspects where I, my legs weren't working anymore. Like I was paralyzed from the waist down and I couldn't walk. And I felt like that was, you know, having the empathy for my father who, you know, broke his neck when he was 15 and he's been paralyzed his whole life. So, you know, I, I had to always be of service to him in that way and to, you know, help him when he needed it. And so I kind of felt like what it was like to be in his shoes and not be able to walk. And so that was pretty humbling. And, you know, just the bigger lessons for me in that first experience were just, you know, not, not, not going against myself and not second guessing myself, learning to trust my intuition, you know, take help when it's offered. You know, a lot of the times I get caught up in like people pleasing and, you know, bending over backwards for others, you know, helping other people in any way I can. Meanwhile, I'm left burnt out and no one's reciprocating that back, you know? And, you know, I think we, we all have varying levels of that to varying degrees, but, you know, just a lot of these major lessons came through and after ceremony, having integration session with the integration coach, you're in a circle, you know, talking about your experiences and, you know, they're really getting to the root of, you know, beyond all these archetypes that came up, you know, lizard people, what have you, like any crazy shit you see, like what was the deeper essence of it? What was the deeper meaning behind it? And, uh, you know, it, it goes back to our childhood, man. And, you know, trauma we experience in childhood that programs us in different ways and behaviors of, you know, just how we act whether it was an abandonment wound or uh, a mother wound, whatever, you know, there's um, so many different extremes to it, but it, it really made me bring a lot of that up. I had never been to therapy before in any setting like that, especially alongside psychedelics. And it really made me, you know, see that aspect to them when you have 
both working parts together with the plant medicine and therapy, I think it can be super transformative and, you know, revolutionize the world and a very good way. Just allowing people to let down their barriers of the vision that, you know, allow people to not want to talk to someone again or want it out for someone or want revenge on someone like not realizing we're all fucking human beings here. Like we're all sharing the same place we call earth, you know, like we're all trying to live our best life and there is fucking evil doers in the world and the people at the top of the pyramids that want to fucking, you know, keep getting richer and holding us down. But the best thing we can do is to, you know, take responsibility for our own lives and be our best selves. And ayahuasca kind of gave me the courage and confidence to push forward in that way and perform stand-up comedy for the first time with my dad, which was fucking awesome and take the podcast seriously. So yeah, that's kind of the backstory. Is your dad also a stand-up comic? What do you mean by that? So uh, we did like a comedy workshop. And the requirement was to perform a five-minute set. So me and my dad each did a five-minute set oh, right the week after the workshop. And uh, he, he closed out the show. It was pretty dope. But he hasn't done any shows since. We've definitely talked about it. But since I've been doing the podcast, I've been kind of putting it on the back burner. I need to, you know, take it more seriously. I just have, I just have uh, trouble writing things down. And when I don't write things down, I have trouble with memory already if I'm using cannabis. So it's like, I need to write things down more because there's so many times and conversations where I'm like, that'd be a great bit right there. And then gone into the ether it is because I never wrote it fucking down. I hear that, man. So after the ayahuasca session, it was like, all right, now share with the class kind of thing. Like everybody shared what they saw. On average, how many people saw like ripped? in or some kind of weird otherworldly i would say a lot of people man just in varying different ways you know there's i I don't know if you've ever heard people talk about like they gave birth to themselves almost like they switched roles with their mother and they were given a rebirth to themselves like very profound shit man what (laughs) yeah You can't just be saying shit like that, dog. <laughs> Skipping what over the shit. What man? the fuck did you just say? That is. Yeah. Explain that, dude. I, I don't know how to explain it, man. It's like, it's a matter of perspective, I guess. And like that unconditional empathetic love, I guess. <laughs> like, but that would be everybody in the world is your mother. Everybody in the world is your brother. <laughs> yeah. You know what the craziest part about psychedelics is? You don't need the drugs, baby. It's easy, man. Especially of all religion. It's yeah. the center point of fucking all this shit, man. Be awesome towards these fucking Bill and Ted, bro. Bill and fucking excellent adventure, bro. They said it. Be excellent to each other. So 100%. great. We're dust in the wind, dude. Yeah. So, like, you know what I mean? It's kind of easy. It's like, stop being a cunt towards each other. Yeah. Stop joining these organizations that keep people down feed people fucked up shit it's like it's not rocket science kind of at some level right right the craziest part about ayahuasca is that a lot of people have the same the similar experiences on it they see similar beings Mm -hmm. so it's almost like you are in another dimension i had a friend of mine oh yeah he did ayahuasca in in the rainforest like he went down there and you have the ayahuasqueros you know like the shamans and all this stuff and 
the Icaros, right? The, the, the Icaros is that they do where they chant and you ask them, like every shaman has a different Icaros. And it's like, how'd you learn that when they tell you like, the plants taught us these songs yeah. to be able to cast out demons or cast out whatever it is. And they have a song to make you purge. They have a song to make you shut the fuck up. They have a song for all this other stuff. And when you ask them where they got like the plants told us. And my friend told me a story one time he did. He's done ayahuasca like 10 times. Mm-hmm. And he told me a story one time where he lived 40 different lifetimes. He lived 40 different lifetimes and he saw his death 40 different times, including this timeline. Like he lived through it all, the entire thing. He was a woman. He was like a priestess in one time that- That's what you it know, was like, brother. Bro, no it's joke. crazy. No joke. And crazy. that's why I say it's hard to explain, dude, because it's like, it's like watching a whole movie and you have like a fifth, not even a 15 second clip. I would say like a seven second clip to take back from it. And then you got to tell people about it. And it's like, how are you going to tell people about a whole movie in a seven second clip? You know what I mean? You got a dream, right? Like, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how many times did you do this? Ayahuasca in particular? Um, so when you go down to Soul Quest, you do it a Saturday, or excuse me, Friday night, a Saturday during the day at 11, you have the option. And then Saturday night, again at eight. So three times. So I, I didn't do the daytime that costed extra. That's something I would like to do in the future at some point. I've just done nighttime ceremonies. So I want to get the contrast of, um, sitting with Aya during while the sun's out to get that energy. It's going to be different. Like, you know, you hundred percent, like, like I'm saying, like you take mushrooms indoors and you're bugging out. You take mushrooms in nature and it's like vibes, you know? So yeah, I wonder if the ayahuasca, you know, the set and setting is like, you know, if you did it in Brooklyn, people I know did it in Brooklyn versus Peru, like, right. you know, might be like. This place is 30 minutes from me because I live in Florida. And yeah. the, the whole thing, the reason I haven't done ayahuasca is because the shitting, bro, the throwing up and the shitting. That's like my, that's my main thing. I, I hate, I, I would rather get shot in my big toe. I would rather blow my big toe off of my foot and throw up. No, like look that, at Mark's face, bro. Look at Mark. So that's how I actually. I've been thrown up once, and I've I've drank an ayahuasca four times. Really? One, you're afraid of throwing up. You throw. I'm, I'm just. I'm blown away that Juan would go so far to say he would shoot himself in the foot over in throwing up. Get in the big toe. Have you ever been to like a party or a bar where people are asking <laughs> you to have drinks, like? My 21st birthday is the only time that I ever got blacked out drunk and I threw up my entire life. The only thing I remember, bro, I remember waking up in a hot tub in the hotel because we were, it was just a bunch of friends of ours from high school, waking up in a hot tub. I look down, I see my penis and then I look up and I see my stepbrother throwing water on me. And I look down again and I see my penis. I was naked in a bathtub. I had blacked out and they were throwing water on me because they thought I was dying. That's the only time I've ever drunk. That's yeah, why I don't drink. You can't handle your shit, bro. That's all that. Twenty one, bro. <laughs> no bitch ass, man. Let's go out drinking. <laughs> what? I will black your ass out tonight, boy. Let's go, dog. Andre, so you always go to this Orlando spot because <laughs> I might go with you one day if you come down. Yeah, do yeah, most definitely, man. I actually volunteered the last time I went, um, so I got a half off voucher from that that I still haven't used. 
I was I, I was planning on donating to it to a friend, but he still hasn't taken me up on it. So the offer's on the table, man. I'd now be happy. Don't put happy. me on the spot like that, bro. Don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> hey, man. They always say the medicine will be calling you, and you'll hear the message. Dude, asking you shall receive, bro. Listen I had for the calling. I had Megan Cush on my podcasts, and next thing I know, she sent me a care package. I still haven't touched half of the things in that care package, but the special I'm, I'm surprised at how willing you were able to jump on that one you're like yeah next time you're down here let's go let's go on an interdimensional yeah, joyride together i didn't together. know you had a voucher i didn't know you had the voucher for 50 percent off here about all from this yeah, is they, like they have a one day off or they have a one day sale of 50 percent off every year or something no but they do this all the time Look, 50 50 percent off a, a trip to the other side <laughs> you don't want to save money on that motherfucker bro paying them tickets, stupid. <laughs> oh man you know, also one you might think no, no, i'm gonna give you a shotgun bro because you want to blow a toe off bro if you throw up dog you know it's a, it's a gift brother I, you know i i i it's a gift from me and that gift came from a gift. You know, I gave my gift of service to the people that were sitting with the medicine and to be on the other side, man, being in that sober state, dealing with people in these other dimensions, man, like that's a trip, bro. Like you realize the medicine is still working, even, even when you're not on it, mm. being in that space, man, like it was wild to uh, experience both sides from that angle. This uh, shit ain't cheap, bro. Yeah, I see the price there. I compare compare it to going to the Amazon though, and that's what I was up against. I still care on going, going to the Amazon space, dude, because you're gonna be <laughs> fucking deep space nine, right? Bro, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah. So all right, so boom, we're we drink the shit. We're on the mat, right? Yeah. Dude, we got the ayahuasca noises going on, right? We're sniffing fucking tobacco. We're getting crazy. We got blinders on you know what i'm saying <laughs> what happens where do we go what happens we see geometric shapes and we have dreams i never died so, unfortunately you've never done any psychedelics yes he well, has he's done mushrooms oh yeah i mean i've done mushrooms and i've done uh weed i guess but what, what what would you say was your breakthrough on mushrooms like have you had a major breakthrough <laughs> yeah, yeah i thought it was a tiger there's a tiger that lives inside <laughs> me <laughs> hell yeah but like any 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 major life lessons or anything like that like you be excellent. psychologically be excellent to everyone i come across but it's fuck yeah same thing yeah I, yeah just the cheesy message we always get it's, it's simple as fuck like that's the yeah. thing yeah it's simple yeah it's and, the same thing you always talk when you're a little kid right but exactly here's the other thing, though. but here's the other thing too because you just attached to some, something really interesting earlier you said there is actually evil in this world and we actually had a guest on uh, a few guests back that said he did not prescribe to that theory and I, I would have to agree with you i think some people come out the womb evil and yeah. other people it's their job to try and do the best they can basically and at the same time have a great right. well, hold on one was that a was that were you trying to mock me with that facial expression no, i thought of, you were mocking me i was but anyways chris i think you're making a great point and I don't remember which guest said that, but I, I remember that's why I, the, that's why I did the face. He's, he's, he's shooting yeah. shots at guests, bro. I, I disagree with that. Um, Sorry, Andre, but all guests are, are subject to Chris's shots. Sorry, dude. I have to agree with you. I think there's evil cunts out there. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's something we learn, though. Wouldn't you say? 
No, I think I knew evil cunts like Mike Coppola in like fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, like, I knew, room. dude, I knew a kid who, who put another classmate's finger in an old school pencil sharpener, one of the ones that you have to grind, like, and that kid was out of, out of middle school and into some special school, you know, well, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that people are, are born evil. I don't know how true that is. Uh, but I think our society through the forces of yeah. human indu industry and chemicals. And I think mm. there's a big argument to be made that whatever we're doing has created a situation where now it's natural for this type of consciousness to sort of occur randomly in the same way that we have really strange examples of this kind of thing in the animal kingdom. I mean, you look at some animals that are specifically geared to such a small niche, like the, like the parasite that like infects an ant and then like, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's a sinister thing to an insect, you know, right. what's the difference? I'm not trying to equate humans to ants, obviously not, but I think that when we look at the world from that macrocosm level, you have to ask yourself, like, what is this thing correcting for in nature? Like, is there a situation in society where, like, society is so egregorically evil that that will spawn people to sort of exemplify that in their own personality in a really sick and, and twisted way? Like, is that almost like a, a byproduct of where our collective consciousness has been taken because of the industrial revolution, because of pollution, chemicals, propaganda, et cetera, is that, you know, obviously Manchurian candidates and MK Ultra, that's a little bit more hands-on, but I'm saying in a very hands-off kind of way, is there something going on within this system that we live within that inspires or provokes certain individuals to be that evil? Well, I, I, I was beautifully said, bro. I think you got to factor in too, like, uh, you know, what? like we, we, we talk about, we talk about like the 13 bloodlines, right? Like they keep it in the family, pass it on from generation to generation. The wealth stays in the same hands. And, you know, at the same time, like that's a lot of trauma getting passed on every generation, you know, and every time that same family has kids, like they're breeding those kids in the same way they were breeded and continuously. And, you know, it's, it's a process of learned behaviors of I'm going to teach my kids the same way I was taught, or I'm not going to do that. Like, I know Juan, you've mentioned that in a past podcast, man. Like, I'm not going to raise my kids the way my parents raised me. Like, yeah, I'll show them the Bible, like at a young age and, you know, we'll, we'll read it like it's, it's written, but you know, once they start asking questions, yeah, we'll go deeper. We'll look at what's under the surface here. And I think that's where it's at brother. Like, um, that's, that's something that's often gets missed, I think. And, you know, just realizing what, what makes us who we are as individuals, like what patterns of behavior were learned in ways when we were little kids through a past event of trauma that, you know, made us react a certain way to said situations, you know, by getting triggered by a said word or a said action, like, I think it all draws back to childhood and parenting and generational shit and whether that be past lives or just genealogically speaking family lines, you know?
Bro, this shit sounds like it deprogrammed your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not in a bad way, you know what I'm saying? But maybe some of the shit that needed deprogramming. Yeah, for sure, man. Because it sounds like all this shit that you're bringing up is traumatic shit that's clearly in your life that needs to be dealt with. And yeah. this thing, put it right in your fucking face, deal with it, and you've done that, or to whatever degree, and now look like you come out the other end going, oh shit, be nice to people and such. Yeah. That's the problem with it too. That's why it's illegal because he was talking about his girlfriend being addicted to something that's linked to big pharma because big pharma wants you sick all the time. And these types of medicines, sure, they can cure your depression. They can cure your addiction. So they don't want you on that. So that's why it's illegal. That's why you can't do it. That's why you, you know I mean? That's why they, what Terrence McKenna says, is not because they care about you because you're going to jump out a window. It's because it's going to open you up and awaken you. And really, you know, see outside the box. And I 100% was like, well, the, the only time that I took psilocybin, which is a psilocybin that I grew myself, and it was a, that was an experience all on its own. You know, the, I got that same message like, hey, don't be a piece of shit. You know, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love everybody. And there's some people who are cancer to this earth. I mean, that's what I learned from the mushrooms themselves. You know yeah. what I mean? It's that's all energy. That's what everybody learns from the mushrooms. That's what they got to say, bro. <laughs> well, and what do you guys, uh, what do you guys think? I mean, yeah. considering this conversation sort of going in the direction of like morality and whatnot, we see a state like Oregon, a very strange place. One of us strange happens people. to live there <laughs> and, and they go and make this, you know, big, uh, big, big, decision and legalize all drugs you know is that so that the government can be the distributor of the psychedelic mushrooms maybe control psychedelic mushrooms the same way that they did tobacco poisoning it filling it with carcinogens is that what's happening with cannabis i mean one of us here also happens to work pretty closely within the the cannabis industry so like you know these are the questions that I ask myself when I see yeah. the government getting involved in that way. Cause obviously we could sit here and talk about all of the injustices and the historical reputation that the government has with these substances, starting off being totally for it, flooding the civilizations with it, creating opiate of the masses. And then right when everybody loves it, making it illegal subjugating people who do it, segregating people into communities where, you know, they become impoverished through their negative relationship with these drugs and who's making all the money the elites are, right? So now we're, we're letting these social justice warrior types come along and say, yeah, we need to, we need to legalize all drugs. Yeah. Maybe that was, that was cool in 2014 before we realized what these woke people were who they were funded by soros and the like and you know it, it just it makes me think twice like what is going on is this you know a hippie 2.0 type thing where they're trying to promote a certain type of high without the consciousness expanding part of it like are they are they trying to weed out that side of it and that's why it's becoming because we see mdma make this big you know, this big like explosion with the tripping rave scene, you know, and all that. But what's that really good for? I mean, MDMA, I, I don't know. I know that there are people who have PTSD who are helped by that, but I think cannabis is Wait, much better. At... Molly? 
Yeah, twice when I was way too young to be fucking around with that kind of stuff. And, and I remember being really, really turned off from all ke chemical synthetic mm -hmm. type of stuff because of that experience, you know, it was, I think it was great for the first few hours and the last few hours sucked. <laughs> I think that's a really fair statement. Now, you got to understand a couple of things about the, 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 the Oregon situation, right? And so <laughs> it's really interesting because you got weed pretty much legal. I mean, it is, but it's not because there is all these weird gray areas too about it. So we got to take that in consideration. Like say, for example, I lived in the country and I wanted to have herb plant in my backyard. I can have six. Six. I mean, fuck. Six. That's not <laughs> bad. No, it's bullshit. They're going to have yeah, it is bullshit, fucking but... foot trees. You know what I'm saying? Like, better than zero. Like it's better than zero. <laughs> like how I, I got shit, Chris, you ungrateful fuck. Yeah. Right? The, most, the most potent psychedelic mushrooms grow in the Oregon dune grass, and they're illegal to pick. But mushrooms are legal. So there's gray areas with it. Now, mm -hmm. what I can tell you, what is really interesting is when you do go to these cannabis farms and stuff, Mark, they're white glove facilities, dude. They're fucking spectacular. The, the lights, the nutrients, the, all of it, dude, it's phenomenal. Like, a, not all of them, but a lot of them. And it's really cool to see, actually, because as someone that loves to plant, <clears throat> that's what you want to see, right? You want to see somebody taking care and not putting bullshit ingredients in, in the form of nutrients and food, right? Because that's the only thing that we're really like worried about. Maybe you smoke that down the line and that's what's fucking you up, right? You're talking about the ingredients in the thing, right? So I can tell you with cannabis, most times, dude, no, these guys are really, really, really like they're fucking, it's like, it's like small wine labels, really more like than anything. You know, they really, there's a lot of care in it, which is really cool. I and like those people are going to transition over to the psilocybin business soon. So I like what Mark brought up on the last episode he did with, with Michael Hoffman, that episode that you, that I listened to today. I liked what you said about how the, by these elites naming these places after, like, especially here in Florida, a lot of these places are named after old tribe leaders and indigenous people you know they're, they're the the names of their people what if that's also part of why they're trying to take a hold of this medicine because we know it's sacred to these to the you know the indigenous people absolutely that's some of the things that they use for forever and what if they're trying to also harness that power and that aspect of it because i really like the way that mark put it and i had never thought about that that they're trying to use that same energy from yeah. these sacred names in their you know they'll make it a capital city or they'll make it you know, some wow. government building, you know, what bro, I mean? that's creepy. That's almost like on some word magic shit. That's actually yeah, 100% bro. My, the state I live in is a native yeah. American word that Nebraska got ang too. anglicized. Same thing with Nebraska, probably Oregon, maybe even Florida. Yeah. Like these are all, you know, indigenous place names that were anglicized. Yeah. What is the word Angla? You know, what does that relate to? It relates to like angelic, Angla. right? Well, but also it has the same root word with an angel right and be, mm -hmm. because these people felt like they had the divine right to conquer these lands and mm -hmm. in doing so yeah there's a spiritual battle that takes place and a spiritual battle isn't fought with you know blows and fists you know it's it's fought with it's fought with like words and 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 ideas you know, Bro, that's what your that's what our guest's logo look like, doesn't it? I mean, that's what that thing says to me, right? It's like the angel checkerboard. This is a checkerboard of what is it? What where we are at, 
And that's like what we should be aspiring to, some like sort of righteous position. Well, yeah, rising above it. Yeah. We have here Ephesians six twelve for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers yep. of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And I always refer to that yep. as one of my favorite Bible verses because Same. how Mark is saying a lot of this shit isn't physical, right? We take things for literal, and you know the Hermetic principle: all is mine. So sometimes you know all this magical stuff is in your head. It is in your head, and then these substances that people use. It's able to manifest that because, dude, if you take mushrooms, you see shit that you wouldn't see if you wouldn't have taken it. That's it's the wildest true. thing. That is not fucking true, dude. Yeah, how, how many bro. times have you done mushrooms, Juan? <laughs> One time. Because that's I, all I need. Because I took them yesterday and went snowboarding and I didn't see shit. <laughs> time in front of me, man. You just didn't take enough. But if you take enough, what? you become Bigfoot. You become an alien. You can Who become you fucking say? JFK, bro. bro hold bro, on. You hold on. Mushroom one time. Let's you talk to me like this, bro. You need to rearrange. <laughs> hold on. Shit. Hold on. Yeah, I think I think Chris and I have have you beat one. But let's ask oh. Andre. Andre, what do you think? Because you know, uh-huh. like the eye is on a whole nother level. But is it yeah. is it to that level where you're actually seeing things that are outside of this physical dimension? No. Yeah. Yeah, right. I would say so. But but um, mushrooms. It's hard to describe. A lot of people it, because it's like it, it is dreamlike in the sense of it feels real. Like uh knock Andre. Andre What's that? Chris, why not, bro? Why why is it the opposite of you're not seeing you're you're in another dimension, bro. You're seeing no, shit that you wouldn't. We're saying you're not, dude. Juan, you're Juan, enjoying. We're talking about two different things, bro. We're talking. You're about ayahuasca. That's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to paint a picture for one. Okay, I think he's confusing the what ayahuasca. people experience on an ayahuasca. Experience. And this is common shit. I remember when I was a young man, I took acid for the first time. I thought I was going to wake up and Bugs Bunny and, you know, the, the Grim Reaper going to be hanging out with me, you know? No, it's not like that. You don't, okay. you don't see all these crazy entities. Maybe there are psychic people out there who are more in tune. And when they do this stuff, it like unlocks some shit that the average person you know, I think everybody has their own unique experience, but you know, every time I've taken mushrooms and I've, I've taken it pretty frequently over the past 10 years at varying doses, I've never, I've never been in another realm, even as close. I've never been in anything close to a dreamlike state. It's always been like my reality that I'm in now, but just different. Or my yeah, thoughts are different. It's right. morphed. It fucking morphs okay. into something. It's breathing around you. Not that you right. teleport into another right. dimension. You they fuck, have, they have, they, they have like yeah, mushrooms overlay. out. It's like mm-hmm. an overlay. That's what it is. Juan, you it need to. be a way, good way to describe it. Juan, you need to go, you need to go over to some farm in Florida. I know there's got to be some cow patches out there. Bro, you need to wait. walk around because I'm telling you that the, the right kind of mushrooms grow out where you live. You could just harvest them out uh, in cow crap. They're called purple ringers here. Yeah, I got. Have you guys? Rain. Have you guys done five grams in silent darkness? That is the real question. <laughs> See, this is this is why we need Andre here for this conversation because I have not. I I'm okay with with saying no. I'm I'm still sort of a rookie when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, dude. Twenty eight grams. Yeah. So you're talking fourteen then one time. You did 14 grams? 
I did, I did, I did like eight grams at once, but it was daytime. It wasn't like silence, darkness, like Andre's talking about. That's, I, that's a whole nother level. That's like sensory deprivation. 14 grams. Are you sure, bro? You're using like an, a, a different type of metric system, bro. Cause 13. I, I, I for, <laughs> he was in Amsterdam. I forget his name, but what do you think? there's this, there's this black guy that was known for taking like, I think he got up to 50 grams. The guy and on YouTube, like really high doses. I forget his name, but yeah, uh, yeah it starts with a K. Yeah, well, he, he passed away recently, but what? Yeah, he had like lectures on you know what his experiences were like, and you know, just breaking it all down, and yeah. Someone needs to send some of his videos to Sam Tripoli because he says that often that black people don't do enough mushrooms. And it uh, sounds like the, the world record breaker is a black yeah, guy. <laughs> literally. Wait, you think some like weird racist shit there? Like it would be. No, I think he, he means it sincerely. I know you're not saying Sam Tripoli's a racist, but I think he means it from the point of view of like, of like it would it would do them uh, a service as a group of people culturally possibly if it was more if it was more encouraged to do psychedelics because I think Sam is kind okay. of no we're talking Jesus about Juan what do you what is like this thirty grams is this like a TikTok video or something like get this out of here fifty grams I'm talking that's ten grams no no but this guy is one that like would that has done a bunch of shit. But he posted yeah, but, a year ago, so you said that he died. I'm like, what yeah, did he die? Bro, you're a no, pro podcaster. Him. You can't interrupt me and Chris when we're saying some shit like this with some <laughs> with some scrub psychedelic YouTuber. No offense to this guy. Maybe we should get him on the show. But Chris was saying, is there something racist to that? And I was just trying to explain, like, I think, and I'm not a black person, obviously, so I can't speak to this personally but sam when he speaks about it i get that i'm inferring what he means is maybe there's like a stigma against psychedelic drugs in uh the black community that maybe if it wasn't there uh would help in some way but i don't know how true that is because there are a lot of funky psychedelic art that comes from all different races and genders so yeah, I just or, think that, way, that's, that's a stigma right. in every culture, I think, like, uh, unless you grew up in a culture that was actively using plant medicine as your sacrament, you know, mm -hmm. within your religion or whatever. Well, I shouldn't just piggyback off of Sam's statements because he is a he is a professional comedian. So you never know what he's saying, <laughs> if it's true or not, oh, or yeah, a joke. Say that. <laughs> yeah, you've heard him. I'm not I'm not just making this up. But yeah, I, I think I think when it comes to mushrooms in particular it is interesting that one of the first people to a sort of mainstream mushrooms was a banker someone who seems by all intensive purposes to be like an elite kind of uh stiff type you know and maybe that was pharmaceutical pharmaceutical sort of interests that were you know pushing him in that direction obviously there's a lot of money in that era discovering new drugs to work with how many i took in one sitting jeez wow that's yeah. impressive brother <laughs> yeah you gotta tell me about that experience <laughs> sometimes yeah, if not now <laughs> yeah there's a tiger that lives inside of me and it's what wants world peace really i love it dude so you had oh. the movie that pie movie with the boy on the tiger with the boat oh. I just got, I just drank two bottles of wine and like was fucked up and I ate all those mushrooms. I was like oddly sober. It's weird. Yeah. You became like a Greek 
well, God for a moment. <laughs> they say it hits you in waves. So, you know, you think you're done at times and then it hits you again. You're like, nope, <laughs> we're not done. For Do you me. think the alcohol canceled out the mushrooms though? Because I have heard people say you shouldn't drink and do mushrooms they don't work well together yeah, I, I think they can interact in that way where it cancels one of them out all just take over more right but the mushrooms definitely enhances it don't get me wrong from my experience it's just about vibes dude the whole fucking well, thing we you and it's about vibes so what are your vibes are they right. good vibes or the bad vibes are you fucking dick do a better word or do, not right. do people do do people do tinctures with psilocybin like they do with cannabis? Like I've heard Green Dragon is like a pretty good yeah. like tincture, alcohol tincture gets you really high. But it, I don't know. I, I haven't seen that. I don't know if psych psilocybin would get eaten up with alcohol or if it would work. I don't know how that would work. They make plenty. Of, I mean, mostly it's chocolates and stuff like that out here, like capsules and stuff. Right. Yeah. When I, when I did my five grams in silent darkness, which took a lot of balls, by the way, like I, I had never tripped by myself in silent darkness and that's what McKenna was always getting at. And I had been listening to McKenna for years, but it never took him up on that advice. And, you know, it, it was one of the best experiences of my life, man, to be honest. And it was very smooth sailing from start to finish, like just breathing into the experience and letting everything arise naturally. And yeah, it was, it was a beautiful experience and just showed me like how powerful one little flame is once you turn on that flame and it lights up the whole room. And it's like, damn dude, like just being a light in the world is so fucking powerful and uh, yeah, bringing all that goodness to the surface. But I was just going to say, I, I drank it in a tea because my buddy, he did a past life regression for me. I met him at uh, SoulQuest. He was sitting on the mat next to me, but he, he was telling me about his silent darkness mushroom experiences. And he was like telling me some intense stories, like being on a alien spaceship and meeting St. Saint Michael, the archangel and the I'm angel hand. Yeah. In silent darkness. Because think, you know, we think, had his eyes closed. He was imagining things. Yeah. Th okay. th th think about it, dude. You're creating the whole experience yourself. Oh, so it's bullet. all you and yourself bullet. versus externally, whether you're with other people or just around others that aren't tripping, like you have external influences over your experience and like it, it changes everything in that regard. And I think that's where the real work gets done as far as like the therapeutic side to it, not to say like, you can't have a blast dude and like take three grams and go to a mushroom or a music festival, or just take a retreat out in the woods, you know, whatever you got to do. You know, I, I, I don't see there's any wrong way of doing it. I think there's always something to learn from every experience. People talk about bad trips and even like schizophrenics. I know schizophrenics aren't meant to do this, but I, I got to think, dude, in indigenous cultures, like they just looked at those conditions in a different way and they knew how to handle them better, I would argue, because they factored in the, the spiritual elements and the elements that I guess are missing in our society. That's just, you know, very. Well, how many times do you think like somebody had, and I, I, I've talked to people who, you know, and this kind of fits into my argument I was making about evil and psychopaths before, but I wonder how much of schizophrenia is like a byproduct of, again, our modern society. 
I don't want to go yeah. down that road because I don't want to hurt anybody who has family members that, you know, I've met people whose family members have horrible have had that. And it's, it's not cool. You know, it's definitely not like a, it's a it's a serious like detriment on people's lives, you know, even if you don't have it. But I wonder with that in mind, how many times in the past a schizophrenic person was taken as, you know, prophet or genius? Because you hear about like these really prolific people who, you know, they'll die like a sudden death after doing something amazing. But because society wasn't like you were kind of pointing out, Andre, like society had more of a spiritual function alive within the community, they were able to receive that whatever it was phenomena coming through this person through that lens instead of this clinical lens that we take everything now like oh well this person's not going to be able to pay their bills this person's not going to be able to work a normal job you know in the past people would have been in a community of their family members than their peers and it would they wouldn't have had those issues that kind of put people in the place of like you know medical care right we have all these yeah. people who are institutionalized so to speak you know because they don't fit into the worker bee archetype you know whichever flavor of that you know you choose whether it's entrepreneurs or pro podcasters like us you know it, it, it's you know i wonder in the past if maybe like you're saying andre not just in a tribal setting but just in any historical context what that would have been like because how many stories are there of people that are just gone insane i guess what we should look into history history's lunatics you know dude yeah like for so long like everything was like that dude's possessed and he was just like sick you know or like he needed to do a detox and like clean him clean his vessel out a bit maybe joan of arc yeah. Or like the devil had taken them over or something, you know, like that was a big thing for a couple hundred years. It, everything was the devil's fault. Well, the, uh, the <laughs> Catholic possessions. Right. Yeah, bro. It still is to some degree in, in a lot of countries that are very, you know, religious in that sense. Yeah, I'm sure there's still people who like uh, live in a small community and then somebody's like looking at porn on their phone and they're like, oh my God, they're in they're infected by the devil and they like kiss you know cast them out of the village or something wait do you think when they're though are you know because they do have those like demonic possessions you know the the catholic church still has you know people with the holy water and they do the whole thing right do you think that there's something to that or, I, or is that somebody just like on super imagination dude. I, I had an exorcist as a teacher in high school. Exorcists. Yeah, that was my religion teacher, like my sophomore year. And <laughs> Wait, hold on. See, you keep doing this shit, bro. You yeah. said your religion teacher was a fucking exorcist? Yeah, yeah. He... Fucking bananas, dog. <laughs> all, right, well, all right, yeah, like, I grew up with Captain Kirk. What the fuck are you talking about? Kirk, <laughs> man. Yeah, what dude. The, yeah, he 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 was a priest, and he put like, demons out of people on Thursdays. You know. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. And that's the thing, dude. He would never talk about it. Like we would ask questions, and he would never like go into detail. He's like, I can't talk about that. I can't go into that. But he would show us. He showed us the Hollywood production of Exorcism of Emily Rose, which I found interesting. And um, 
And matter of fact, when I was volunteering at Soul Quest the last time on my flight home, the two guys I was sitting next to, one guy was a skateboarder, was coming from Mexico, super cool cat. He was like a rapper. And then the other dude had just left the seminary to become a priest. Like he decided uh, he wasn't going to become a priest. Like he had just left from about to become a priest. And uh, so we had this deep philosophical conversation on all these subjects we're kind of getting into now. And I was talking to him about exorcisms and. Can I, can I interrupt real quick, Andre? I'm sorry. Yeah. Is there like a religious tint to any of this? Like I, I clearly understand that you have a religious background as a child. You went to school, yada, yada, yada. Are we still in that frame of mind? We're still in that. Oh, no, no. I, I go to sweat lodges, brother. I, I, I don't follow organized religion. I, I I like to take a seeds seeds from all religions and plant one tree out of them. Sure, sure, sure. Sorry, to bring one seed. But I I I, I kind of needed to know if there was like a lens on it. You know that we were dealing with. Oh no, no. I I, I was kind of asking pressing questions just to see how he would react. Cool. You know, coming from that frame of mind. Because, you know, I grew up in the church and I left. I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm not down with pedophiles, just like moving to different parishes, not facing any criminal charges. Like and that Western was Catholic, Catholic school or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was good. But Catholicism in it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, once you find out that these motherfuckers are shuffling the fucking cards, dude, after they get some, it's bananas, bro. Oh, yeah. But the thing was, man, like when you grow up in it and everyone around you is believing the same things and, you know, it's just that group think and it's hard to question. I mean, I was always questioning, but I had no one to talk to about it for the longest time. I mean, there were friends that would hear a few things, but I mean, they were still programmed into it in a lot of ways. And a lot of people have left, man. I think a, their numbers are dropping for sure. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole of its own. But yeah, regarding the exorcisms, he was talking about they have different stages of relics or different classes of relics that they use in exorcisms. And relics? Yeah, relics. All right, like, I'm going to use this this special cross. Right. 13, 12. That no, 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 get this, dude. I was like, creep the fuck. I was like, what? He said they use saints, dead saints' bones. Yeah. Uh, in the exorcism. Yeah. Right back yeah, to dude. Geronimo. Yeah, dude. Boy, dog. Yeah, dude. Uh, cool. Okay. I was fucking mind blown because this was all just a synchronicity on my flight home. Like, who has a fucking two hour conversation on an airplane, dude? I've never had one of those. And it was like a podcast of its own, you know? Cool. And so it was just, uh, random he brought that up because I had never been told that before. All right, like so that. I'm using St. Augustine's boot on this bitch. <laughs> I'm hitting this bitch that's freaking out. Yeah, so Our like clothes are dead. like second class and the bones would be first. Oh, what? Wait, wait, wait. Do that one more time, say. So the the bones would be first class and then the the clothes of the saints would be or or like their possessions would be second. And what, what, what supersedes that? What's the omnipresent class? <laughs> I, I would say not doing it at all, not <laughs> using any relics. Use your full potential. <laughs> Holy water all yeah. Wow. So for real. Okay. So he and he had these in his possession, or yeah, he, he had ability to say, all right, go down and get the key. And all right, we gotta take this Bible out from 
12, 11. I'm sure my teacher back in high school had access to that, but the guy I talked to on the airplane, probably not because he just left the seminary, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure he was on his way to get there if he would have became an exorcist. Bro, this sounds a lot like National Treasury, you know what I'm saying, when they go to the bottom of the Vatican, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Nick Cage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Illuminati confirmed. Mm-hmm. Illuminati confirmed. Mm-hmm. Getting relics. Oh, yeah. And so they pull demons out of people for real. They they claim to. I, I don't know, man. I've never seen it for myself. I, I can never say I've seen someone possessed. I, I mean, I've seen people not act like themselves for sure. But can I, can I draw the line and say that's definitely possession? That's a big leap for me. So oh, you seen the one after three Heinekens? Yeah, where are those tonight, Juan? Aren't you nervous, bro? He's drinking the spirits. No, on the uh, that electric lettuce, bro. I'm just drinking right now. Hold on, hold on. Okay, go ahead. I just I love hearing about you know because my my grandma because I grew up Pentecostal Christian she's done supposed exorcisms you know they cast demons out of people and evil spirits and whatnot mm. so i grew up on all that bro i grew up on Damn. not so much an exorcism but people in the pentecostal bro they dance around they get you know taken over by the holy spirit and they start speaking in tongues yeah and i see that crazy. too bro wait, 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 wait. one what, what are your thoughts what? on that yeah let's get into that what side is that of one on your and that's on your mom or dad's side it's puerto rico what, what, both, both bro like both mom and they're super religious i grew up like balls deep in church Pentecostal, yeah, dude. Like they go, like go crazy. They start dancing around, shaking, falling over when the when they're praying on them. All that shit, bro. Hundred percent, for real. Mark, you, Mark, you, what, Mark? Where we at? I grew up in New England, so me too. <laughs> yeah, so you know what that's like. I didn't go to any crazy church. We just had like a really old, old man. Who would it was Catholic and he would just, you know, read some stuff for us and we would eat a little wafer, thin paper wafer. That's it, dude. That's all I remember. The pew the pew were were very uncomfortable. My grandfather smelled. I would always make the joke that he was the pew on the pew, <laughs> P U. But yeah, it was fun. It was it was not my favorite way to spend Sunday morning. My dad was always sleeping through mass when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep a <laughs> <Every> lot. <time. laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was not it was not anything exciting like what Juan's describing with people dancing around uh, anything like that. Nobody ever danced at my church. The most movement was the at the beginning they would walk down the aisle with this like incense, incense burner and <laughs> clank it around and Oh, 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 oh. and everybody would be, you know, oh, yes, my sins, my sins of the week are forgiven, you know, and originally on cannabis. Uh, yeah, I did. They yeah. Found, uh, old ones with the, the scrapings in there, right? You do, well, right? Blasted, bro. Just oh, yeah. in that thing around. Just like, oh, yeah. Just blasted, bro. bro imagine, oh, imagine any religion blasted. You come yeah. to the same fucking conclusions. Yeah. 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 Visible people rule the world. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what it is. I remember seeing the correlations between the two. The weirdest. John Marco Allegra, sacred mushroom and the cross and all that. Right. <laughs> the whole like Santa Claus thing. 
The yeah. weirdest it's thing a, about it, though. Look at Genesis. It says, in the land of Pineal, Jacob met God face to face. Pineal gland, motherfucker. Yes, yeah, sir. Oh, bro. Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> look it up. Yeah. That's one of my favorite verses of the Bible. Yeah. I also, Mark, I, well, I was just remembering another weird thing when I was being confirmed, going through the confirmation as a young man, there was like a, an Illuminati event, confirmed. There, there was an event, there was an event where like all of us middle schoolers had to like stay at the church for the night. But the, the church, yeah. So the yeah, it was weird. So the church, but the church was like a block away from my house. So me and my friend Matt, you know, we lived like a block away. So we just were like, "Fuck this, we're out of here." We left at like eleven, eleven thirty when people were setting we're up their hide and seek. yeah, people were like setting up their sleeping bags, and the priest like left to go to his like bunker that was like uh, in a building next to the church, and it's like, yeah, I don't think he's going to sleep, fuckers. Like we're out of here. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was, it was, it, I had no thoughts of that kind of thing on my mind at that age, but I was not about to spend my evening at a church when I could have been playing video games with my homie, Matt. So that's what we went and did. My, my principal of my high school after I graduated actually got in trouble for procuring the minors. I don't know what else was involved, but <laughs> dude, <laughs> how, how many people, teams? how many people? That's so crazy, dude. Like, think about the people that go, yeah, I want to work with kids. Right. Like, I'm an adult-ass man. I don't work with no fucking children, bro. I, I don't know. I mean, there are people that... that you look, know what I mean. Read between the lines. You know yeah, I mean. but there are people that listen to the show that are fans of the show that I like and are nice people crazy. that I'm you crazy. met I'm last crazy. time we didn't ask me anything who said they were teachers, Chris. So you're about to say that the listeners of this podcast are up to some crazy shit because they're teachers? How many people go into politics naturally? How many people go into the church? Yeah, but our, my cousin Michelle is a principal of a school. I don't think that that's true for her. I'm not saying, first, that's a woman. <laughs> and second of all, that's more of like a, it's not working it's directly with the children. It's more like systems for the school. So come on, man. I don't know. I used to, I'll put it in, the, I used to teach a martial arts class for kids. Does that make me a weirdo? Right. Yes. That's like saying coaching kids. It's like, I mean, oh, yeah, I, you could say Jerry Sandusky, but. I was a coach. I worked at camp, like the whole thing. But I was young when I did those things. I'm right. as an adult, man. Like, I don't know. I just think there's levels to it. Like it, everybody that I've ever met, met at the church, right? That like was like a, in the church. They were fucking weird, bro. Sorry. They were bizarre. They were weird people. And I don't mean no disrespect. If you find solace in that, that's great. Well, and, and. I think that should be pointed out is like the age difference. Like, because for me at like 17, 16 to be teaching eight and nine year olds. Yeah, that's fine. You know what I mean? But, but like, that's how society used to be where like, it was like pecking orders. Like, you know, like you were under the person that was, you know, above your age and they were under the, you know, your older brother and then the, you know, and then dad and mom, you know, right. So, or mom's second and then dad's primary, you know, depending on the household. But 
you know, I feel like society's been moved away from that so much to now. Yeah, you have like weird situations where it's like, oh, yeah, come to this youth outreach where fucking what's his name from Mr. Rogers is just like, hey, kids, what's up? I'm a 40 year old guy who has no kids of my own. Dude, hey, I'm Jimmy Savile. I'll open up a children's when you hospital. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, bro? It's in right. Our- right. No, I hear you. I like, think. Go ahead, Andre. It's like seniors beating up on freshmen, you know? Like, that was always the thing when I'm sure all of us were growing up. But you do that nowadays, like, you're going to get in trouble, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's a different way to, to put it, too. Yeah, they definitely have, like, changed our society in that way, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the kids nowadays, they don't bully each other in person. They do it with, like, selfies, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Dude, it's horrible how kids talk to each other these days, man. I and I think that's why it's so important, you know, for people out there listening that are parents, you know, to, you know, every time you have the chance to spend time with your kids, like, really get to know, like, what they're talking to their friends about and, you know, be active uh, participants in their lives, you know, don't just be <laughs> plugged into the TV all the time and let them be on their phones all the time. Cause that's how they get lost. And you don't get them back once they get lost until they come back to it on their own, maybe in their twenties, if they're lucky, you know, I hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, I got another one coming next month and I got a four-year-old so I can relate to that. And it's kind of, what is this pain in my ass sheet? <laughs> that's what's done bro that's the pain in my ass but it's crazy seeing yeah exactly what where the world's going as far yeah. like all these crazy ludicrous ideas that they're just presenting and people are going along with it like they're like yeah that sounds you want to identify as a toaster 100 percent, bro you can be a toaster you want to be a mermaid today mermaid like all this shit like we're gonna have mer- toaster bathrooms mermaid bathrooms all this shit like that's wild to me, man. They, like, they got litter boxes for the cat students now. You know that? What? I was just told that by a person fuck in the family. Here, dude. Yeah. Get fuck Addy at school? I, I just had oh, Matt Belair on, on, and he was telling me a friend of his just confirmed that in Canada. Damn. damn. Where? I was like, what? Where are they? They identify uh, as I'm cats? Yeah, yeah, dude. They They... Apparently had him set up in the restroom, I think, but like the the teacher would have to like respond with like meow and like the guidance counselor as well at this school identified as a cat, bro. And I was like, they're learning it from the fucking teachers teaching. Like wait, 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 wait. What do we all identify as real quick? Go. On my mortgage, on my mortgage Marsupial. application. <laughs> on my mortgage application, I hundred percent this is a true story. Toaster. I <laughs> I pro- bro, I promise you, I'm not even lying to you. I put she called me up and was like, Oh, da, 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 this and that. I'm like, Whoa, lady, because I know these bigger organizations, they follow that ideology. So, me just to troll her, I was like, She's like, So, what do you want me to put you down as? I'm like, What do you mean? Oh, what do you, you know, are you male, female? I was like, <laughs> You're a fucking idiot, bro. Yes, I'm a toaster. A <laughs> I'm a toaster. And you put toaster, and she kind of like wanted to giggle. And I'm like, You have to put, you have to put toaster. If I tell you, you toaster. Right. She's like, Yeah, that, that's fine. So she put toaster on my mortgage application, bro. Like, I'm a toaster, dog. Hell yeah. Um, what are you? What are you? I'm vaccinated. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that you shouldn't say that on Illuminati confirmed. 
Wait, are you a Illuminati are you a, worm? Are you a marsupial? Are you a mammal? What are you, dog? Uh, I'd say I'm a mammal. <laughs> are you sure you're not a fucking marsupial, bro? <laughs> Dude, that's so lame. Dude, male. Damn. Look it, at that marsupial right this is how This is how I identify. I'm a mars. I'm full-blown marsupial. Yeah, bro. Hell yeah. You're getting close, Mark. How you? <laughs> getting close, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Marsupials versus reptilians. Andre, go. I'd say I'm a monkey. Let's see. Marsupials versus reptilians. I think they got it. They got it in the bag, dude. Reptilians going down. I mean, you can hide so much in that little pocket they got. Oh. Pouch. <laughs> Pouch they got. Strapped. Uh, I mean, <laughs> shit, dude. You could hide grenades in there. No telling what you could hide in there, dude. I love it. All right, we're going to do a speed round. Our first ever Illuminati confirmed speed round. Okay, hold on. I got to get the cool sound effects like all the pro podcasters do. <laughs> Illuminati confirmed speed round. That was a whole bunch of sound effects. So the way this game works is I will say one of your names, then I will say a key phrase that was used in this episode, and you have to give me a one-word thought. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Juan, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say tequila? Ball sack. <laughs> Dude, that says a lot, B. <laughs> you caught me off guard, bro. Chris, 13 bloodlines. Illuminati, confirmed. That was a softball. Andre, Terrence McKenna. Five grams, silent darkness. <laughs> Gotta come back at me with one word. Juan. Oh, one word. Gordon Wasson. <laughs> this is a speed round. No time for do-overs. Who the fuck is Gordon Watson? That was that's a good enough answer, Chris. Who said that? Chris, Exorcist. What the, uh, one word. Fall on, bro. Fall. Falls. Falls. That makes no sense, Andre. Catholic Church. <laughs> Pedophiles. Boom! I think that was a great way to end it. <laughs> oh man well that was our attempt at a speed round i don't know i'm i'm marsupials all the way yep have you heard the theory andre i have not that well i don't know if we can disclose it uh, we're not in the patreon this is a patreon only thing oh boy remember what happens when you get too close to the truth <laughs> you know we're talking about marsupials Oh shit! Yeah, it's weird, dude. It's weird. It's a, it's a, it's a weird one. We found it in the corner of the internet, but Mark, lay it on him, dude. See what he thinks. Well, some people think that reptilians actually run the world. We found evidence that it's actually marsupials, marsupial shapeshifters. Emotional, damn it! Weird. Wow. And that's Illuminati confirmed episode seven. Andre, thank you so much for being here. Chris, Juan, what are your final thoughts? I think that the Illuminati is withholding us from these plant medicines so we don't open up our consciousness to see outside that veil. That's what I think. Damn, that's it? That's all we got? I mean, I, I think you could do better than that. At the core of it, bro. I mean, they want to withhold us from all this shit, bro. It's medicine, dog. Wait, the medicine that you don't do? 
The medicine that I've done, the medicine that that he fuck that I've done, okay? I think we need to do like a getting high with Juan episode where Juan fuck, like yeah. gets nice and tripped out. Yeah, he becomes the real toaster. You got to get toasted before each episode, Juan. Well, I'm toasted right now, just not on mushrooms. So. Oh, okay. Well, you are a responsible person, so we don't want to push you to do irresponsible things. But if you ever wanted to trip on the podcast, this would be the right podcast to do it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know about that. Ooh, that we might <laughs> do that. Hey, that'd be a good one. A trip. No, wouldn't. Yeah. I'll do it right now if you guys want to go another four hours. Let's do this thing. Okay. <laughs> I opened up that drawer. You guys are all like, "Yeah, I thought you, I thought you were gonna pull out some shit, like, man." Well, it's easy for you guys to say about what I got going on tomorrow. I don't work till four, so I'd be good. Yeah, no, I could right now, but my girlfriend would probably hate me if I if I decided to do that. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Uh, Plan it out. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, Andre, thank you for jumping on. I know this was sort of spur of the moment, so it was really fun to have you on Illuminati Confirmed. Andre's podcast is Ascension of the Chessmen. He and I have done several podcasts together. You could find those on our respective RSS feeds, but you can also find him on altmediaunited.com, same place you can find all of our podcasts. Juan's got the one-on-one podcast and Pope Christopher is the man behind the Mensa podcast, and that is affiliated with the Mensa. Same power, dude. Frames. <laughs> <laughs> right. Juan, do you want to... I got to say thank you, man. That was right. I, th- I really dig your point of view, man. So thanks for coming over. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. And it was a pleasure. It was spare of the moment. And sometimes that's the best one. So I had a lot of fun, and I like what you guys are doing. It's just very relaxed here and you know just nice way to unwind after a long work day so thank you guys yeah dude thanks for putting up with me because we me and andre was actually supposed to do an episode on his podcast and then we had some stuff going on because of mark (laughs) mark blame me i told you it's okay you know andre if you want to put this out as a swap cast to make up for the deficit i would love that i'll send you the file hey no yeah, worries, but yeah, most definitely, guys. Right on. Juan, you want to play us out? Well, I don't have any music. I have a bunch of random clips. You hit the clips, I'll put the music behind it in post. Listen, fuckhead. All right, guys. That was episode number seven of Illuminati Confirmed. There music app, bro. There you go. It's in post. I'll edit it in. People are hearing it right now. Okay, <laughs> motherfucker, this isn't live. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. I should no. leave that little argument in there. Hail, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>